Welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Groovy Podcast, wherever you happen to be around the world. This, uh, My name is Ken Cousin. I'm podcasting this time from my home in Marlboro, Connecticut. So that's Eastern Standard Time. But I'm joined by two others this time, uh, our old friend, Sergio. So feel free to say hi, Sergio. Hi, hi everyone. And podcasting from Madrid, Spain. Same as usual? Yeah, same as usual. Yeah, same as because it's, it's, I am actually podcasting from Guadalajara. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it's 60 kilometers away from Madrid, so I can I think I can use the license. Okay. And we are also joined by our old friend who has not been on the podcast in I don't know how long. Um, and former... Long time. I guess you'd say former head of the Groovy Project, but still heavily involved, right? Or how would you say it? No, yeah, well, I, I'm part of the, uh, I'm a member of the PMC, the Project Management Committee, uh, but there's not really um, a lead or head anymore in the uh, Apache Software Foundation. That's not really a, a concept. It's more consensus-based, uh, but really that's Paul, <laughs> Paul's role, <laughs> but in, uh, you know, to, to really lead the project. But yeah, I, I'm much less involved than, than I used to be, so until following For those who- or... Uh, well, for those who didn't get that, that's Guillaume Laforge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, co-founder don't call recording, Groovy, right? Co-founder of Groovy in 2003. So soon to be uh, 20 years. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That's crazy. I mean, 20 years. Oh, it is. It that's is. incredible. <laughs> um, well, you are podcasting from, where are you these days? So I'm in Paris, France. Um, Always the same place. <laughs> uh, how long have you? I know you moved to Google a couple of years ago. How long has that been now? Oh, no, that's, yeah, that's been longer than this. Uh, I've joined Google slightly more than five years ago. So five, years five years already? already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time flies. Yeah. Have you had any success in bringing Groovy into Google at all? No, no. It's. Uh, I mean, there are a few, you know, blessed languages. But bringing new new languages is not a, an easy task, and it's not something a, a one-man show <laughs> can do. Well, what role <laughs> do you play there? I know it's cloud-related, but I don't know the details. Yeah, so I'm a developer advocate for Google Cloud, and mm-hmm. I'm focusing mainly on the serverless products, so things like uh, the, the venerable uh, App Engine uh, product, as well as Cloud Run for running containers, serverlessly, cloud functions for functions as a service. I'm also uh, focusing a bit these days on the eventing or orchestration related products like uh, Google Cloud workflows, to create workflows to orchestrate microservices, APIs, etc. cetera. Uh, Event Arc, which is another eventing product to uh, relay events uh, coming from the clouds to var- from various sources to various uh, syncs uh, here and there, so, so that's really the the area I'm I'm focusing on. Yeah. Do you get to participate in the Groovy project much anymore? I mean, you're still part of the committee. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the thing I'm playing with um, for for the past few months, that well, on and off, but uh, along with um, uh, uh, Leonard uh, from the the Spock project, uh, a new version of the the Groovy web console. Ah. Um, and um, so it's 
implemented differently, but you'll be able to choose between different versions of Groovy and uh, the, the UI is newer. Um, there are a few, uh, few new things uh, compared to the, the old console that we might uh, uh, say wave goodbye to at some point and move to, to this new, new version. And uh, we had a few discussions with uh, Paul about the idea of perhaps trying to find some ways to also integrate that into the Groovy website or perhaps even the documentation. So imagine you would have, uh, th there are many languages, project, uh, not many proje project pages for languages where they have a kind of, uh, you know, online sandbox or right. uh, console or, you know, the Go language has this. Uh, I think Kotlin has this as well. Uh, uh, so things like this. So seeing if we could integrate that more closely with the, the Groovy project and the documentation. So that put perhaps having like a, those little play buttons to play the um, and hack and change and uh, uh, play with the, the snippets of code that we share in the documentation. So we're thinking about this. It, it, it's not firmed up yet or, or anything, but it's something that's in the air. I think I saw a talk. Go ahead, Sergio. I, I heard a talk from uh, William at uh, Apache Conf about the new Ruby console, yeah. which was great. I will include the link in the show notes of that. Um, uh, yeah, that looks really nice. Um, I typically run it locally, but uh, I normally yeah. don't use the web. But uh, uh, from what you saw, a lot of people use the web. So <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I think it will be very, very well received. Bad. Well, yeah, sharing snippets a, with friends and so on. And as a way to integrate in documentation, I mean, that's that's always appreciated. Yeah. Just being able to click a button and see parts that you have not played with very much. Mm. Uh, although I got to say that if you had your over under that Kotlin would be mentioned in the first five minutes of the podcast, I, I would have lost. That <laughs> and that's my fault. That was really bad. Yeah, and that I would not have expected that either. That would that surprised me. Um, but yes, that's definitely a model to choose when you're looking at how they incorporate the functionality in the online docs and everything, yep. and and have a console embedded on the homepage so people get to play around and stuff. I, I think that would be very favorable if if somebody could pull that off. Um, Sergio, what are you working on these days, by the way? So I am now a developer advocate for what we call here the acronym 2GM, which stands for Groovy Grace and Micronaut. Um, so I am, a, I am, a, so I am working like I don't know, like it's not like regular, but more or less like three quarters of my time and doing developer advocacy kind of stuff, mm -hmm. and a quarter of my time and doing like open source development, and that may change from week to week. Um, but uh, I am essentially, we are um, launching uh, several things around Micronaut. We launch a podcast to compete with the Groovy podcast. Mm. Um, <laughs> we, we launch a Micronaut podcast, which we are doing every two weeks, uh, micronautpodcast.com. Uh, essentially, we are talking about the framework, uh, as you may imagine by the name. Um, that's uh, one thing we have. Um, we are experimenting with Twitch. We are like doing a live stream Tuesdays and Thursdays um, in twitch.tv slash mycotfw, where I am uh, writing an application from scratch. So 100% live. Uh, so it's essentially two hours a week. And uh, we are already, I was, uh, we are uploading the videos on demand to YouTube as well. 
So well, that's another thing that we did. Uh, we have already, so they are not, I think I have four to upload, um, but we will have like 17, so it's 17 hours. So the app now has some legs. I am writing an application to a newsletter application. So an application where you will essentially like, uh, someone will register to your newsletter and we send them an email with a verification code and they click the email. And we check that the token is not expired. And if it's ex not expired, we basically, in persistence, we basically like kind of verify that user. We have an endpoint like to send emails to all the newsletter subscribers. We have an endpoint to unsubscribe. Um, and we are using, this is like, a, I wanted to have the goal of this thing that we are calling Micro Life is we wanted to have, I wanted to have an application which is more than a hello world. Because sometimes mm -hmm. a hello world is like, I don't know, sometimes I feel like we all in framework development, we are like, sometimes the, there's like a race for a speed, but the examples are really not like real world examples. Mm -hmm. So this application, I think it has more like kind of a real world um, scenario where we have like, uh, we are using PostgreSQL, we are using the database migration with Flyway, which if you have not used it, is similar to LeakyBase, but kind of not using XML. Uh, we have uh, security as well. We are using an external authentication provider. We are using Amazon Cognito, but we could be using like Okta or something like that. Uh, we are using a transactional email provider to send the emails. So we are using SendGrid. Uh, but you could plug something like a simple email service or or Gmail if you wanted to. Um, we are using views, so we have this uh, module in uh, MyCode, which is um, you can have template rendering engines. And I hope that when GSPs get decoupled from Grace, we can have GSPs there as well, mm. because that's something that I am really missing. So I am using, in this example, I am using Thymleaf, uh, and I don't know why, but Thymleaf really doesn't click with my, with the way I think. I am kind of more I used to the velocity way of writing templates where you have like more like if statements and things like that. And in Thymleaf, you are like working all the time with attributes in your HTML tags. And right. for whatever reason, that's really... So I bought a Thymleaf book that I have here to see if I am able to improve. But uh, since many people are using Thymleaf, if I wanted to use something that people are using. So we are using that. And that's also like discovering things like Thymleaf is not really uh, prepared for using with GraalVM native images uh, because mm. it uses a ton of reflection to render the HTML. Uh, so yeah, as you see, many technologies that people may have in their applications and uh, we are coding it uh, there every Tuesday and Thursday. So that's one thing that keeps me busy. And the other thing that we keep doing is we, we keep doing micro guides. Um, uh, lately, I have been working on a lot in this new model that we announced yesterday um, in the AOT module. Uh, when I say working, it's kind of understanding what the module does and try to explain people and show what it does. And we are like trying to also integrate it with uh, security. And that's kind of an exciting module that we have. And I am working also in, a, in Micronaut email, which is kind of a new module that I want to release for the next minor version of Micronaut. Mm 
the idea there will be that you should be able to inject like a, a bin of type email sender mm. and then via configuration, you will use whatever transactional email provider you want to use, send grid, postmark, simple email service. And if you have used the Grails mail plugin, similar to that, but instead of using like typical SMTP, you will use like a, a real transactional email uh, service provider. So yeah. A lot of Micronaut, uh, a little bit of Grails I've been doing also as well. Uh, we sometimes do support tickets, so that's something that we do. Uh, um, trying to help Punit with some of the, I mean, Punit is doing all the work in Grails, to be honest, uh, and just like trying to help with some uh, blog posts out the release and things like that. Um, but Punit mm -hmm. is the one that is doing the heavy lifting there. Well, I got, I got to say, you, you've mentioned about Oh, between six and 10 different topics that we wanted to talk about <laughs> anyway. Uh, so let me just mention a couple things there for the listeners. First of all, the, the show notes for this episode are in the normal place. So it's a GitHub repository, uh, github.com slash groovy dash podcast slash groovy podcast, all one word. And the show notes, we are technically at episode 85 now. So season five, episode five, whatever that means. Um, who knows, maybe next year we will hit 100, maybe that we won't hit 100 until 2030, who knows, we'll see how that goes. Um, but one of the things you mentioned were all those different Micronaut features, and in the show notes, we do have a link to the Micronaut YouTube channel for all those Twitch broadcasts. We actually have a link to the Micronaut podcast too, it's uh, might as well be friendly. In addition to, we have links to the last three specifically, uh, the podcast, the one on the, the schema migration tools, Flyway and Liquibase, and on Micronaut Data, and on Spring AOT. And we have a link to the Micronaut Twitch channel. Now, we'll get to the AOT stuff as well, because that's uh, particularly interesting that came out recently. Uh, but we'll get back to that in, in a moment. Uh, so at any rate, all those links are available always on the, the show notes inside there. Now, uh, a couple other things to want to mention before we get back to the details of Micronaut. First of all, uh, the current releases going on, Grails recently released uh, 5.1, I believe, which was not a huge change to anything, mostly bug fixes. And from what I understand, working better with Gradle 7.2. Uh, Gradle is now, I think they've moved to 7.3 now, 7.3.2 specifically, but again, not a huge change. Just Grailed, uh, Gradle is on a relatively fast release schedule, that's all. So I don't think they changed anything fundamentally, although I think Grail 7.3 is the first one that officially supported Java 17. I, I ran a Java 17 build with Gradle 7.2 and didn't have any problems, but I may have not used Java 17 to power Gradle. That I'm not sure, I don't remember whether I did that or not. Now that 7.3 is out, uh, yeah, I, I power that with, uh, with Java 17 as well. So at any rate, Grails 5.1 is released. Uh, not a lot of changes there. We could talk about that a bit more. Uh, the other yep. thing, the other big release, uh, not a big release, but uh, Paul King, who was on the podcast a bit, a little bit of time ago, was talking about the new features of Groovy 4. And Groovy 4 now has a, a release candidate out. And uh, what's the plan for that one, Guillaume? You, you mentioned that uh, Groovy 4 is, Got, there may not be a, several release candidates before they do a final. 
Yeah, so um, Paul was wondering uh, if anyone had anything to add for an, an RC2, a second release candidate. But I think once this uh, second release candidate will be out, I think we'll, we'll move to the, uh, well, the final uh, 4.0 release, the official release. Um, so it's looking, it's looking good, uh, in, in good shape. You wanted to, to cover things that, that uh, are in this uh, release or? Well, we, we kind of did that uh, on a previous one. Okay, and perfect. when it comes out officially, then we'll do it all again. You know, when, when okay. Foro is released and final, I know that the big thing that a lot of people are focusing on is, and I'm not sure how you pronounce it, uh, Jink? Uh, G-I-N-Q. Yeah, I've been wondering how, how to pronounce it. Should it be I, like I got nothing. I mean, G-I. You know, it's like GIF and GIF. <laughs> well, which one do you say, by the way? Do you say GIF or GIF? Uh, oh, let me think about it. GIF or GIF? No, I well, think I, I say GIF. I mean, it's, I it's I giraffe GIF. with a G-I, but it's a giant yeah. with a G-I. But uh, yeah, it's also... Uh, at any rate, there's lots of counterexamples as well, and and the creator, yes. I believe, pronounced it GIF. But again, who knows? You know, yeah. wars have been fought over. Uh, I'd, I'd go, I'd go with gink then. <laughs> yeah, so be gink. I don't, you know. Uh, the point is, is that it's a groovy version of Link. Basically, it's a now. Yeah. From what I understand, it's a very elegant way of not just searching database data, but you can actually search through JSON data that way. You can do selects on JSON data and, and find details inside there. Oh, and speaking yeah, of funny pronunciation. Like syntax. Yeah, speaking of funny pronunciation, I, I call it JSON, not JSON, because ah. I, like, I like picturing a guy with a hockey mask and a machete while I'm working on that stuff. I mean, where's the joke otherwise, right? So at any rate, yeah. that's, I, I usually will go with the humor no matter what in any of those. At any rate, that's a big feature of Groovy 4. There are many other features of Groovy 4, and, and we will come back to those when 4 is released sometime, okay. I would guess, in the first quarter of next year, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, through the normal Apache process, now that it's an Apache project they have a yes. much more elaborate formal release uh, mechanism you have to go through and we'll get to all that now uh micronaut of course is on uh there was a blog post about 3.2 coming out and i think we're on 3.2.3 at the moment is that right uh sergio 3.23 yeah i think it's the latest um yeah we are like to we are working so the way we work is like um more or less a patch every 10 days and a minor every six weeks, more or less. It's not like we don't have like a hard schedule. So if we have a patch, we release it. Um, well, but typically that's more or less what we aim for. Well, let's go right to the to the major one that everybody was talking about the other day, which was that uh, uh, Cedric, our good friend Cedric Champeau, posted a nice blog post about Micronaut AOT, the ahead of time compiler which um, it's interesting how the post was set up. He was very good about not bearing the lead. Uh, the lead, of course, was that by using this AOT module inside of Micronaut, you could use the Grawl native compiler mechanism to get the startup time down to, do you, you want to say it? I mean, I could bring it up if you like, but you know what, it was very dramatic. Go ahead. No, he's, so in the blocks, in the post, he was slowing like uh, seven milliseconds. Uh, seven in... milliseconds for a startup. 
<laughs> this, is, this is like it <laughs> was crazy. blisteringly fast. I mean, they were doing so it was not a massively complex app, but we but it improved by like two orders of magnitude. Yeah, so it was, I tried yesterday in Micronaut Live in the application that I was mentioning before that has more code and more things and is doing mm-hmm. like flyway on the startup, and it was uh, down to 94 milliseconds for yeah. Garvey and native images. Mm-hmm. Now, I got to acknowledge, first of all, because, of course, the spring people bring this up all the time, is that it's not on most RESTful web services or certainly websites, it's not the startup time that's the issue. Most websites are willing to take longer to start up as long as it serves individual requests very, very quickly. However, Mm -hmm. if you're moving to function as a service, if you're doing something that's stateless and just taking in inputs and responding very quickly as you do on Google App Engine or on the cloud providers, then of course, startup time is everything there. So to know that Micronaut is just blisteringly fast that way is is amazing. Uh, Yeah, so this thing will help in both GraalVM native image scenarios, but also in JIT mode. Uh, so we support, um, so in, I added the AOT module yesterday to this sample application. And I was getting in this sample application in without optimizations, I was getting one second and a half startup time uh, in JIT mode. And in GraalVM, I was getting uh, 230 milliseconds. Um, for uh, when I added the uh, micro AOT, uh, I got like uh, 26% improvement in JIT. So that will be one second and 100 milliseconds. And in GraalVM, I was getting 94 milliseconds. So that in native image was like 60% almost improvement. Um, so there are a couple of things. So one thing is a startup, and then the other thing is time um, to serve the first request. Mm, okay. uh, so we are working on improving that as well. Um, so it depends of what you are using Micronaut, but some modules uh, will need to do more configuration where the first request comes in, for example, security. So mm. you are using security, you are using something that uh, I am using in this sample application. We have to do like, uh, we have to fetch the security configuration from a remote server. Or if you are using one of these solution for um, what is the GCP solution? Help me out. Is uh, Google Secret Manager? Yeah, uh, Secret Manager. Yes. So exactly. If you have like your uh, database password instead of having as an environment variable, you are saving it in a Secret Manager, mm. and on a startup mm-hmm. time, you want to fetch it to configure the application. That's another area which we are not there yet, but we I think we I, at least I hope and I think we will get there soon. We can help in those scenarios. So all of those things that you do on a, a startup time and time to serve the first quest, I think we can heavily optimize. Uh, it's important that people understand what we are doing. Um, so some things uh, that Cedric did, I think they are easy to understand. I think they are like also like they have less side effects. If you want, we can discuss a little bit what optimizations are there. So that people understand. I, I think that's it's very impressive. And, uh, and for those who are not sure, or don't don't remember uh, Cedric, of course, was a, a major committer at the Gradle project, and then left a while ago. Um, 
I hesitate to say how long because I misjudged how long Guillaume had moved so badly. Uh, but he's now at Oracle working presumably with Graham. I mean, Graham Roche, of course, has been there. Yeah, he's working, he's working on the Microt Oracle Labs team. So he has been working, I think, for the past six months in the micro team mm -hmm. there. Mm. Um, yeah, Cedric is helping uh, a lot uh, micro, not just with the micro TOT, but with the with many things. So he's maintaining the official uh, GraalVM uh, um, I think maybe in plugins. Uh, so that, those are not just for Micron, but also for Spring Boot, for example, if you use. Uh, it's helping us a lot in, in general with our build infrastructure. So the internal build that we use for building modules and, and building documentation and the whole thing. Uh, yeah, it's helping essentially is like, uh, I was joking with him the other day, it's like the uh, Senor Lobo from Pulp Fiction. We are calling him to solve like uh, problems that we have here and there. So that's essentially, yeah, he's he's helping us a lot. Um, and micro TOT is, I think it uh, it plays some buttons on him because it 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 ties heavily into build, which is uh, mm -hmm. his cup of tea. So it's like, uh, yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's really excited about it, and and so do I. As I recall, um, his blog post. I really should look at it before I say this, but as I recall, it could get the blog post uh, when he presented the build. Uh, of course, he I think he used the the Kotlin DSL. Yeah, he did. He used the Kotlin DSL inside his profile, <laughs> which, which inevitable. Um, and of course, that would have been highly controversial if he was still at Gradle. But you know how it is. So uh, it's it's really interesting the work that's going on shockingly at Oracle of all places, that seems to be actually uh, helping the Groovy community in, in several different ways. Uh, by the way, when you mentioned that you build this sample app and the sample app that you're using is the app that's um, driving the, the Micronaut podcast or is it the Twitch channel or whichever like that, uh, kind of reminds me, I'm sure you remember uh, the first, I'm sure Guillaume remembers at the first uh, 2GX conference, the first Groovy and Grails experience there. Uh, Graham was doing the keynote and he got up there and said, as I recall, he was stuck in a layover in Heathrow. And during that layover, it was a delay. He realized that the Grails website was not implemented in Grails. So he took the time during the layover to rewrite the whole Grails website using Grails itself. And the message, of course, he was trying to communicate was, look how powerful this is and look how easy this is. Mm -hmm. Whereas, I don't know about you, but the message I heard was, wow, Graham's really good. He's a really good developer. <laughs> so, so, but it's it's nice that, I mean, Sergio, you say you're basically doing the same thing. That was with the Micronaut podcast website, right, that you were discussing? So the Micronaut podcast, the web, so we are building the Micronaut uh podcast, the website, the HTML of the website, uh, the RSS feed. So if you know how podcasts work, the podcast mm. is just a, an XML file, right, right. Uh, which is an RSS feed 2.0 with some extra tags. Uh, we are essentially, so we are using Groovy with Gradle. So we have a, a, a lot of Groovy code uh, with Gradle, not a lot, but some. Uh, and we are generating using Markdown. So we have the episode notes for us are Markdown files. And we what essentially was the, what was the app you were discussing earlier that you set up? Is that that's Twitch channel? That's the app that we are developing in Micronaut Live. That's a Micronaut application oh, uh, which oh, we are developing oh. uh, and that we used also for. So we are 
I am using that application to like test all of these uh, micro AOT or other improvements that we are like presenting because that's like an application with more code. Um, the Grace website, for example, is built with Groovy as well. So, so there's, we there's are using Groovy in many places and oh, the micro yeah. guides, they use Groovy a lot as well. And you were talking about using Timeleaf and of course the Spring people use Timeleaf a, a lot. Yeah. But the Spring people, if you look in the Spring Boot initializer, of course, one of the options there is to use Groovy templates. So maybe that might be something you might want to consider at some point. Um, any rate, there's one other uh, big topic that we want to just address quickly, just to make sure we've mentioned it. And that was the whole issue of the, the log4j2 vulnerability, the, mm -hmm. the, I guess you call it a CVE, right? Uh, and, or an RCE, yep. remote code execution. I forget what CVE stands for as well. But the- Critical vulnerability something. Something, yeah, <laughs> critical vulnerability. Yeah, whatever it was. Uh, and of course they yeah. went, they came out with one that was a Jindy string, which man, I'm thinking the last time I used Jindy, I just used to refer to Jindy as the the bane of my existence. You know, Java naming a directory, <laughs> I never got those strings right ever the first time. You know, I was, in fact, Spring's dependency injection was worth it just to get rid of Jindy, you know, inside Java EE applications. I mean, I imagine, I wonder how many developers under the age of say, 35 even recognize what JNDI is, you know, anymore at this point. Um, but yeah, that was the vulnerability. And then of course that got patched very quickly. And then another vulnerability came out and then that got patched and then another vulnerability. At, as of the, the current status, I think we're up to uh, log4j2, is it uh, 1.2.17.0? Something like that. Yes. Yeah, and of yeah, course yeah. they'll come out with more. It's just, it's more a question of, it's not a question of the open source community coming up with a patch, that happens very quickly. It's more a question of major companies recognizing the vulnerability and updating and a lot of FUD going around and everything. I mean, I had, I was mentioning to you earlier, I had a problem in one of my training classes this week where we were building a spring app and somebody noticed, of course, that log4j was in the class path. And I said, look, just because it's in the class path, doesn't mean you're vulnerable. You're not actually using it unless you actually disable logback, et cetera. Um, any rate, there was a blog post about Grails and the log4j2 vulnerability, which basically says, yeah, it's not a problem, basically. But I imagine the two of you have had some experiences with all that this week too. Yeah, on my side, uh, it was fun because, well, fun in a way, uh, because so at Google, uh, Everybody got the message that, uh, hey, uh, if you have some running code uh, reachable from the internet, uh, please be sure that you're not using uh, Log4j. So I had to go through uh, dozens and dozens of projects of mine. Hmm. But fortunately, you know, it's uh, uh, micro or just some groovy based stuff, etc. So I wasn't vulnerable at all. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> but uh, it was, uh, yeah, a, a bit of work to go through everything and finding where all the sources of my projects were and things like that. But uh, I wasn't too worried because I knew. Uh, and it's funny because um, my, my impression is that these days with cloud-based projects, often you're back to actually using system out parental and statements right. instead of using logging because you know that those things are going to get caught 
and uh, logged by the, the platform's own logging system. So you don't really worry too much anymore about properly configuring logging, journaling for, for the logs and rotations and things like that. Well, so, another... well, I just, uh, okay, I, I had some log4j libraries around, but not used. <laughs> it's just another injection attack, right? It's the old XKCD card yeah. with, the, yeah. with the little Bobby tables and everything. So I, you know, in fact, they were calling this little Bobby Jindy in this case or something like that. And, you know, so at any rate, how did Sergio, did you have to deal with it as well? I'm sure you did. Yeah. So, um, so if anyone uh, hasn't heard about this, which is difficult to believe by now, but uh, if you haven't, uh, and I have been reading a lot and watching a lot of materials, uh, Sonatype, uh, the, the custodians of Raven Central, uh, they had a webinar a couple of days ago. Uh, so if you go to sonatype. I don't I think it's org or com. Uh, forgive me. Uh, and you search for resources webinars, you will find like uh, one which is great. Uh, so essentially, they explain what they are seeing because they are seeing like people pulling new versions of Cloud 4 j They explain with a demo where they, you see like the uh, how is the attack happening, how easy it is to actually uh, be vulnerable to, and and they like recommend what to do and etc. So we on on the micro tent and on Grails, um, so Grails three, four, five, and Micronaut was using logback. Right. Uh, so Great this is uh, is less. So we're lucky for us. We this one we dodged the bullet and, and didn't affect us uh, that much. Uh, nonetheless, we were like using. Uh, we updated the Elasticsearch uh, module, which was using, it was not using Log4j core, which was the affected one, but it was using Log4j API, but just to, to essentially um, uh, convey the message for people that they were fine. Uh, we updated to the latest version because they released a, a patch version themselves. And we had also the option in, in MicroLance, which is this website where you can generate new micro applications to essentially change from using Logpack to using Log4j. And we had to update essentially the templates for using like a 215 to 16 to 17. Uh, so the new micro releases like um, update uh, that website uh, with uh, patch configurations. Uh, and pretty much the same for Grace. So we have blog posts explaining people how to how to see if they are vulnerable, how to look for the dependency and how to how to force it. So essentially, if you are using Gradle, Cedric published, for example, uh, a tweet, I think it was, where he essentially showed how to like do that uh, in, a, in a Gradle build, which uses the, the Gradle way of using bombs to essentially force a version of Log4j, mm. which you are getting in a, a transitive graph. And so yeah, if you are using, check it out, check if you are vulnerable and patch if you are. Mm -hmm. um, for us, it was, we were a bit lucky this time, I guess. Uh, it essentially, I think it saw a couple of things. Uh, one is that uh, um, for me, it's so that the way open source sometimes is being maintained is not really healthy. Uh, and you can think that log4j is like, I don't know, maybe log4j and logback, what they are like 80% of the Java projects use any of those. Uh, and I don't know how those projects are funded, but I guess they are probably funded in free time of people. Right. I think so, the statement was is that log4j 
was being maintained by three developers part-time in their own time. Yeah. And, you know, th therefore be nice to those people. I mean, yeah. there was a comment on Twitter about, well, maybe we should be funding some of that open source development. And then somebody pointed out that the amount of funding it would take to compete with a regular day job is uh, very unusual to come by in the open source world. It would, it would actually, yeah much more likely what you would need is some company to provide the backing behind it, much like OCI does sponsoring people to work on Grails or Micronaut or, or even Groovy, uh, something like that. And that seems very unlikely. So I don't know what the answer is on all that other than don't be hostile to your poor open source developers. You know, they're doing the best yeah. they can, obviously ruin their weekend anyway. Yeah, um, it's a really, really difficult thing. Um, because I agree with you, I don't think uh, so. I, I am I like this uh, trend of GitHub sponsors and Patreon mm. and all those things. I think that's are fine. But as as you say, uh, if Marco, for example, who is maintaining SDK man, uh, maintain SDK man for the things he's getting from Patreon, he will not do that. No. So well, thanks God he. I think thanks God he's doing that, but. That's a chronically underfunded project, in my opinion. I think yeah. because Marco is much, he's very typical of the Groovy community. He's much too humble to go out and, and ask for the amount of funding that he really deserves and should be getting for the amount of work they're putting in. And I mean, I'm part of the, at least that's part of Open Collective, you know, that you can actually do some sponsorships that way. But you wonder whether Patreon's going to matter, whether uh, some of the, the GitHub sponsors, as you mentioned. At any rate, go ahead. So yeah, not not an easy no. not an easy solution. Another thing that this thing highlighted for me is, uh, I think this. So I don't know if we are gonna have to start sanitizing the logs before logging them, <laughs> because this thing remind me, as you said, to a SQL injection attack completely. Yeah. So I, I mean, I understand that people don't sanitize logs because you want to see what actually. I mean, you want to log it to understand why your application is not behaving or whatever. But I think, uh, yeah, I think people are going to start looking for these kinds of things. So anything well, that... Injection, uh, attacks, injection attacks are all about not taking input from outsiders and automatically rendering it. You know, I mean, it's the same thing with cross-site scripting and everything. I was just really surprised that anybody just accepts input from outside, like a Jindy string, no less, and saying, oh, sure, we'll execute this. It's, I mean, haven't we learned anything yeah, from know. the JavaScript world? So, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I just was lucky that I wasn't directly affected other than, you know, because I, I do a lot more of the teaching and the stuff than maintaining legacy apps there. Uh, speaking of Spring, however, let me use that as a bit of a segue. One of the interesting features of Spring that has had a lot of um, attention over the past few years has been the mechanism to do reactive uh, services, to using the reactive streams specification that's implemented by both Java libraries and JavaScript libraries, things like Rx Java, Hakka streams, uh, several others. Uh, of course, one of the dominant ones and the, the library that's used by far the most in Spring applications for Reactive is called Project Reactor, sometimes just referred to as Reactor. And one of the co-founders of Reactor was also quite involved in the Groovy and Grails worlds uh, several years ago. And I'm referring to, uh, now Guillaume, please correct my pronunciation if I get it wrong. How do you, is this Stefan Maldini? How do you say it? 
Yeah, Stefan Maldini. Stefan, is that how you say it? Even with the little accent? Yeah. I want to make sure I get yes. that. Just yeah. Stefan, even though the E on the end, it's still pronounced Stefan. Yeah, Stefan. Yeah. Okay, so the, the sad thing about, I mean, Stefan was universally seemed to be liked and, and admired as a developer and tragically passed away uh, a few weeks ago. In fact, it was, again, it was a, a tweet that I saw by uh, Cedric Champeau that pointed mm -hmm. out he had just found out about this and was just really shocked that he was no longer with us. And I, uh, I remember, Guillaume, you also posted that you knew him well. And, and yeah. when I talked to Sergio, neither of us knew him personally. I mean, we knew who he was, clearly. He had that kind of impact mm -hmm. on the field. But you knew him personally. Uh, what can you tell us about, about him? How should we remember Stefan? Yeah, so Stefan was a, was a very um, sensitive, sensitive person and a very, very bright uh, engineer and developer. And uh, I think I, I met him in 2009 or so. So I've, I've known him for, for a really long time now. Um, so also because he's French, so when, mm. when I was meeting him at, at conferences here and there, uh, the, the French mafia, the <laughs> French connection was always, you know, hanging together. So um, uh, I had the chance of spending some real great quality time with, with him and to, to get to know him. Um, so yeah, he, initially he started uh, contributing to the, the Grails ecosystem through uh, a few Grails plugins. Uh, he, he wrote uh, with a team of uh, other people, uh, he wrote an application for uh, Scrum and Agile teams and that, that was using JSF and Grails. Mm. And uh, the, I think his first plugin was a JSF uh, plugin for, for Grails. Uh, and then he soon added um, some reactive, um, I, I think, back in the day that was probably using uh, Rx Java, which was the, the pioneer uh, for reactive libraries in the Java ecosystem. Uh, but soon after that, uh, so he also participated uh, at least one of our internal uh, Groovy conferences, the, um, the Groovy developer conferences that we uh, hold once in a while between the, the Groovy core developers to talk about the roadmap, etc. Uh, he participated to, to one of these. Uh, he did, um, so soon after that, um, he co-founded uh, Project Reactor along with uh, John Brisbane when uh, he was at uh, Pivotal. Uh, and he participated in the reactive uh, stream uh, definitions, the specification and the, the libraries, the, the, the APIs uh, not, that, that underpins uh, Rx Java, uh, Project Reactor, et cetera. And even even uh, Java 9 has the interfaces in it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And integrated in Java 9. Yeah. So it's rare that someone external is able to contribute to something that's now internal into, into Java. That's uh, really uh, quite an achievement, I would say. Uh, and um, yeah, reactive programming, those APIs, what else? Uh, he, he joined uh, Netflix a, a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. So uh, the, the next time you watch uh, some, some series or movie on Netflix, uh, you, you can think you know, about him because he, thanks to him, the, the Java uh, heavyweight stuff going on at Netflix is 
um, there uh, and running and flawlessly also thanks to him uh, among other many other great engineers but uh, uh, yeah, you can thank him for that as well. So I'm, I'm very sad because uh, I've known him for a long time. He was really a very, very nice person. And um, I, I used to uh, like meeting, meeting him when uh, we, we were at Spring One to GX conferences mm -hmm. uh, or uh, Google Cloud Next. He, he came there or uh, um, our Groovy Dev Con conferences, Great Conf. Uh, and more locally, uh, for, for me, at least DevOps France, we, we, we did a talk together. So I have several pictures of him and, and me um, in different places in the world, in the US, different towns, Dallas, uh, Washington, San Francisco, London, uh, and Copenhagen for great conf. And uh, I will really, really miss him. And he, he was really a lovely person, really lovely person. So well, thank you very much. And I, I'm sorry uh, for, well, for your loss for all of us, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, I wish I'd gotten a chance to know him better. Uh, I mean, over the past couple of years, we've all been so isolated from each other. It's been difficult to keep mm -hmm. in touch like that. Yeah. Um, in the show notes, just to give people a basic introduction, because I didn't find a, an actual obituary written anywhere. We did add in uh, links to his his account on Twitter, which was not terribly active, but it was there. And his account on GitHub, yeah. and the like the announcement of when he became the Reactor project lead, and and his bio on various sites like Crunchbase or Spring One, or of course the No Fluff Just Stuff conference tour. Also, a couple of his presentations: one on the value of Reactor design, reactive design, pardon me, and the announcement of Reactor Three, which was the incorporation of the Java 8 features and, and Spring. And, and of course, that's the one that became the basis of the WebFlux module inside of, of Spring Framework. There's also a link there to a, a family fund, uh, basically, a, a, I think it was a, was a Kickstarter uh, fund there. No, it's GoFundMe. Oh, it's a GoFundMe, Go right. But that one is yeah. now closed. But they do have some basic information. And, and you can get a sense of how beloved he was by how quickly that raised far more money than they were expecting uh, just to help mm -hmm. bring him home, you know, uh, back to France and everything in from France. presumably from California uh, where he was. Yeah. Um, so for everyone who's, uh, who's uh, was not aware of him, that it's good to know about him. If you are aware of him, uh, we're sorry for your loss. Please feel free to say something publicly or comment or whatever. And, and we will, you know, if you want to express some reminiscences, reminiscences uh, on a future podcast, mm -hmm. just let us know. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, and I'm, I'm glad we had at least a chance to, to mention it there. Now, uh, I don't really have anything else major on the show notes there. I do have one somewhat embarrassing story, I suppose. Um, it's about you. It's it's not embarrassing for you. It's more embarrassing for me. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, it turned out um, you now those who are listening to this podcast, if you didn't know before, you know now that Guillaume has an outrageous French accent. You know, uh, wonderful <laughs> French accent. And the first time I gave a talk at one of those two GX conferences, uh, at the end of the at the end of the talk, both. Guillaume and, and Cedric came up and said hi, and I could not resist asking you at the time to say, just say one time to me, 
your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberries. And I remember both of you just <laughs> stared at me like you had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> I mean, I was just doing the Monty Python get bit. And of course, you knew the movie in French. So you had no idea what I was talking about there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I always wanted to follow up and say, uh, did you like the two of you walk away and just go, what in the world was he talking? <laughs> you know, what was that? <laughs> at any rate, that's what that was. That's it was a, a an attempt at a gag that never quite worked. But you know, I mean, of course, Sergio's <laughs> yeah. Spanish accent, everything in Spanish sounds like you're singing anyway. So that always is is <laughs> but the the French accent, all I can think of is the the Monty Python, the Holy Grail movie. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Grail, uh, I, grails, you know. Oh, hey. Well, like I say, my teaching app for whenever I taught grails was the quest for the holy grails. And we'd have knights and castles <laughs> and tasks and you know, nice. and answer the bridge keeper and all things like that. Uh okay. Um, was there anything else that either of you wanted to mention or that I, I didn't give enough time to, or anything else that you're thinking about? No, nothing. Um, no. Because if you do think of something, we might actually have to have another podcast at some point. How about that? Go yeah, that. You know? sounds good. Sure. Yeah, so I'm glad you were both available. I hope you both have a, a nice holiday season. You know, even if we are you, the, still in the depths of this pandemic with the Omicron variation going on, uh, but we'll yeah. see how things develop. And and I hope you have a nice holiday. Uh, thank you very much for being here. Yeah, thanks thank for you. inviting us, Ken. Um, happy holidays to everyone and stay safe because yeah. things are getting stay complicated yeah. by the date. So. Isn't it just the way? Yeah. But I'm yeah. glad we're still able to do this. And, and uh, it's really good to, to be able to keep in touch with people now. I, I guess if that's the lesson we want to draw from, from Stefan is to make sure you stay in touch with the people that you value yeah. and make sure you let them know that uh, even if they give you a hard time, Sergio, you know, it's, it's, it's a good thing. It's all done in fun. And, mm. and we're glad to have you there. And I really do have to watch one of those switch streams at some point, it, as long as it doesn't start throwing <laughs> in commercials, like it does on other Twitch streams like that. If, if I don't, that's not under my, my control, but yeah, I was afraid of <laughs> that's, under control. <laughs> that's probably you have to ask Twitch. Yeah. Uh, well, but... Yeah, happy to, happy to see you there. And if not, uh, it's on demand in YouTube. Um, well, yeah. I, I'll throw in um, some jokes. And, and I suppose I should finish. I do have one gag that I picked up lo uh, recently, which was, uh, of course, that um, it, it's harder for me to do my jokes over these Zoom calls because they're, <laughs> they're not remotely funny. Uh, at any rate... <laughs> Uh, I want to nice. thank again uh, the No Fluff. It was on a high note. <laughs> yeah, so to speak. <laughs> uh, I want to thank the No Fluff Just Stuff Tour again for hosting a, a, a page for the Groovy Podcast. You can get this wherever you, where all good podcasts are downloaded. And of course, uh, don't forget the the Open Collective, Friends of Apache Groovy, and again, sponsor SDK Man, if you could possibly do that. And Maybe someday, although that day will never come, there'll be another groovy calamari. I, I don't know. Uh, someday, when I finish the newsletter application. Yeah, someday. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> okay. Take care, guys. Good to see you again. Yeah, happy Thank holidays. You. Bye. Ciao, ciao. Bye bye, everyone. Happy holidays.